Obviously, we know the Ashes finished at two all. Last time we spoke to our great friend uh, Mike Whitney, we were two nil up. So I don't know. Did we jinx them? We'll find no, out. No, we can't jinx them, mate. Well, we, well, I think we tried our best. And uh, Mike Whitney joins us now. G'day, Mike. Jack and Waz, how you going, brothers? <laughs> Hi, mate. Thank you for joining us again, mate. Um, now, now, did we? I mean, this is the thing. <laughs> Last time we spoke. <laughs> I feel like we did. We contributed. Yeah, I've got to agree. (laughs) (laughs) Look, it all... The first two tests were amazing and and we won, but there was, you know, some so many turning points in that series and the, the big one happened in the third test when they included Wood and Wakes. I've always been a huge... Wokes fan, he is a very, very good cricketer, perfectly suited to bat down the order and bowl first or open the bowling, bowl first turns, bowl second turns. But Mark Wood, wow, to see someone bowl at 95, 96 miles an hour all day for the whole day, it's a rare thing to see. And I was just captivated and they bowled really well through the next three tests. Look, we were definitely outplayed in Manchester Mm -hmm. I think we would have lost that game I agree I just think we lost out there were oh so bizarre there were so many moments in those last three test matches where we I thought we'd lost our way you know we just how come we were playing like that I mean how would Marnus Lubbershane get eight or nine runs off 90 balls. Well, great. Do, do, do you think, Mark... That was amazing to watch that. And why did they think they had to play like that? Then there was times when we went the short bouncer road and they were bouncing Joe Root at sort of waist level and chest level and he's just, you know, rolling his wrists on that and getting to the ground. You've got to try and get him to get it up. Then there was Mitchell Stark's all these other moments, Mitchell Stark's catch at Lords, and then the eruption of the of the the Lords long room. Then there was Johnny Bairstow's run out. Then there was uh, uh, Stokes's catch the other night that yeah. he dropped, and he knew straight away by the look on his face. Um, Mark Wood getting twenty seven or something off eight balls. Oh, it was just. Mate, I'm glad it's over, boys, because I can get back to some normal <laughs> sleep routines. <laughs> Jeez, man, unbelievable. Mike, do you think that perhaps we weren't prepared for what they they gave us? Do you think, and we couldn't sort of on the on the jump um, be up to it? I, I just don't think um, we. It didn't seem we were prepared. Hundred percent. I'd have to say, but, well, no one's. You know, they they played a couple of series before that and played, you know, baseball, as we're calling it now. But, yeah, I don't think anybody would have been prepared. Like, when do you see a test side score 400 runs in a day? And they did that twice. Mm. I mean, that really puts you under an amazing, an enormous amount of pressure because it gives them so much time to bowl you out twice. And the other thing that's going to happen now is everybody was saying, oh, this is going to be the biggest run chase if they chase it down. If test cricket keeps getting played like this, you're going to have two days to chase those runs down, not one day, which has been normal in Test cricket. And if you score 300 runs in a day, mm. that's a pretty good day in the old Test cricket. But now you're going to have two days to chase those big scores down if you're good enough 
because there's going to be that much time in the game because it's just moving forward so quickly. At five runs and over, they averaged over the five test matches, England. And it's That's unheard of. It's, Amazing stuff. It seemed that even their stroke play at times was just quite... You know, normal. They seemed a lot of normal shots hitting on the up, I guess as well. But um, do you, having seen this series, and we ended up to all, and we know there could have been a result in every game. Do you enjoy that more than the dower? You know, the dower times where we could bat for two days. Do you enjoy it more? I think it's re-energised and revitalised cricket. I mean, if if Test cricket is going to be played like this. There's a downside to it as well. If the really good sides play at this pace and this level, they're going to beat some of the lower sides in a couple of days. Mm. But when Australia, India, England, South Africa, maybe New Zealand play this sort of cricket and can play it down through four or five days, wow, how exciting is it? The eyeballs on this test series around the world, incredible. Every day sold out. Every day sitting on the edge of your chair every day going, oh, what's going to happen next? Where's the next twist? Oh, that's happening. and we're just on top. Oh, they did two wickets. Oh. I, I did, made every test I did that and I kept thinking, oh, I better go to bed at tea. <laughs> like everyone else. And I just couldn't drag myself away from it right up until the last day when Stuart Broad takes a wicket on his last ball after hitting a six. On his last, yep. last ball he faced in test cricket after 17 years mate I don't stand up and applaud too many poms let me tell you (laughs) mate I stood up in my lounge room the other night I just had to applaud because he's a fast bowler and that's what I was I know how hard it is Mm. and to play at that level for 17 years and take 600 wickets and 167 test matches I had to stand up and just clap because and then you can't talk about him without talking about Jimmy and Jimmy's gone at 41 like Broad's 37 Jimmy's gone at 41 nah I'm still kicking on (laughs) come on I mean it's unbelievable they've taken 1300 test wickets between them and Oh, just amazing. So that's a fairy tale finish for him, which only added to the drama of the series. Oh, it's just crazy. It is. I, I just, yeah, firstly, just, I would love to watch test cricket with you, Mike. It would just be the <laughs> funnest day. Oh, I'm commentating. Jack, don't worry about that. Well, all the time. Even better. Well, to answer your question, I think it, back to that, it's just revitalised cricket. Mm. I mean, it's revitalised test cricket. Because if it's a boring, dour, five-day draw, well, yeah, who wants to watch that? But you come out and see someone, some side score 400 in a day and then get the opposition in for 10 overs at the end of the day and say, well, we've got 400, see how years are going to go. I mean, phenomenal stuff. Very exciting. Great performances by individual players. Mm. But to get back, yeah, I think we lost our way a little bit and we didn't know how to deal with it. But a couple of times. I kept thinking, why are you guys bowling like that? Why is the field like that? I think they were trying really hard, but I do think we lost our way a little bit. But I think Pat will learn a lot from that. How could you not? And he'll be a better captain for it. So all the people that are calling for his head, no, not for me. He would have learned a lot out of that series, man. I think everyone has. But there's a couple of... uh 
Australian efforts there. I mean, Warner in the last test probably played himself into uh, what he would see as his dream sort of retirement over the next couple of tests and getting to Sydney. And also Mitch Marsh, made a, Marsh made a, may have played himself back into the team ahead of Cam Green. That 100 that he scored, he was on another planet playing in another game on another wicket. <laughs> that was just... Oh, man, how do you have the... Where's that? But I want to see that every second time he goes out to bat. Oh, yeah. And he's capable of doing that. And so have a look at the size of him, the bison. Phenomenal. And Davey Warner, ah, David plays for our club, Randwick Peterson. He's one of our, you know, brothers. There was a couple of times there I thought, he's away. He was punching the ball and he looked so good in that last innings. But then they changed the ball. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, they bought it. They gave him another new ball. That's what they did. But we can't. I don't know if we can whinge about it. I'm, I'm, I want to, let but this, let me make this observation. I've been watching Test cricket now for forty-five years and really locked onto it. In that series, I've never seen a team, and I'm only talk about England go to the umpire so many times in every test and ask to change the ball. Right. And yep. if you look through all the test matches, it was a constant thing. And I kept thinking, mate, geez, they must be a bad batch of balls if they're going flat because they're <laughs> going to put them through the ring. And if it doesn't go through the ring, you've got to change the ball. Pat, we were known for 140, weren't we? And three yep. for 160 and then bowled out. That second ball looked like it had a lead weight in it, it was swinging that much. <laughs> and the other one was just not doing a thing and and not swinging and we were none for 140 and Uzi and David Warner looked like getting the runs on their own. They changed the ball and, like, it's, an, it's a new game. And, I'm, you know, will I say we lost because of that? No. Will I say it played a part? Absolutely. Mm absolutely played a part and they did that through the whole series yes yes it was yeah, a bit about I mean not bad luck it was a bit of yeah, it's unfortunate but Mate, you're entitled to do that it's within the game rules of the game yeah, it was the umpires it wasn't the England so that was a, that's a well, bit that's we can't the thing people have got to remember in my day boys they used to pick a ball out show the bowler or the bowlers and you'd go yeah we're happy with that one then they'd show it to the batsman yeah and he'd have to be happy with it too. Otherwise, they'd pick it on the ball. Now it's totally up to the umpires. So the question is, how could those guys with so much experience look at the old ball and then the one they picked and go, yeah, they're really similar? Oh, because they weren't. <laughs> they weren't. No, they, they were. What about the other the massive controversy that's happened only uh, straight after the, the Test Series was that England didn't invite Australia in for a drink? After the game, is that poor form? <clears throat> Very poor form, if that's true. And they said there was, <clears throat> oh, just miscommunication, which is a cover-up always. <laughs> um, very poor form, if that is true. I'd hate to think it's not, and I would like to think there was some miscommunication there because that would have never have happened ever before. doesn't matter how tough it is out on the ground. After the game, you go and show your opposition with your teammates and you show them respect. And that was an amazing series and very hard fought, very spiteful at times with the short pit bowling. Mm. Um, mate, Jimmy Anderson got massive. 5,000 times, poor Jimmy, and he can't bat. Glad it wasn't me, although I copped it from the West Indies, don't worry, it's not nice. <laughs> 
It's oh. not nice, man. Nobody likes that. It was very spiteful. But, yeah, I heard about that on the radio and thought, if that's true, very disappointing. Uh, but I'd like to think that there's some other reason that, and some miscommunication. Well, they caught up in a nightclub, apparently. So, I mean, I don't know if you can catch up in a nightclub. I've been into a few and they're very noisy. Too many camp, too many phones in the nightclubs now, boys. Don't go. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing you had to worry about, mate. Uh, Not in my day. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's next, mate? Um, obviously, the body's uh, healing, and uh, what's next for you, mate? Uh, and cricket-wise, what are we what are we waiting World for? Cup is next. World Cup. World Cup's next, and pretty much working on the club at Roundwick Perdisham here. Look, we're already training and. Moving into the season, the season will be here very quickly. Uh, also, hoping to spend a bit of time with the New South Wales setup this year because a lot of the players of my vintage were very disappointed last year that the Blues never won a game in the Shield. We had the opportunity to win a couple, but just couldn't win the games, and, and that's the first time in a hundred years that New South Wales has not won a game wow. in a Shield season. So mm-hmm. we were all very hurt about that, and. Uh, a few of us have thrown our hands up and said we'll go and talk to the young boys and tell them what it's like and what they should be thinking and you know I'm sure it happened in Victoria any state yeah, good. you don't win a game like wow man what's going on get a couple <laughs> of legends back there mate exactly like yourself right. well, we, we might uh, yeah. yeah no we were just about to yeah, say sorry, we, sorry. no we might have the, uh, the the pleasure of talking to Stuart McGill again next week so I mean if you two can get together I think the whole place will be crazy Oh, I think McGill and Moe, Jeff Lawson, Tubby Taylor, the Wars, everybody's very, very disappointed. Michael Bevan, um, Wayne Holdsworth, uh, Phil Emery, I've spoken to a lot of guys I've played with recently. Steve Rickson, Len Pascoe, mate, oh, Len's blowing up. Don't worry about that. He's, <laughs> he's pretty fiery on the field, Len. He's still 75. <laughs> <laughs> so there'll be no, no shortage of, of sort of older blokes and some of my elders. Want, don't, wanting to go out and say to those boys, man, this is not what we're doing, you Seth Wars. You've got to get your stuff together and realise that you're playing for us like we were playing for the blokes before us and you've got to leave it in a better place. You're a custodian of it while you're playing and you've got to leave it in a better place than when you come in. <laughs> and having a record on your CV saying that you played in a New South Wales side that never won a game mm. in a season... Glad that's not on my record. No, no, no. Yeah, it, no, yeah, it, it wouldn't be. Very, it's, we were so shattered, mate. It's You take that stuff very seriously when you play for your state. And, uh, yeah, we've got to do something about it. So, mm-hmm. yes, we'll get activated there. And and then the Sydney Test match, which I hope will be okay. Yes, yes. And uh, let's hope your mate uh, Warner will be there So uh, as well. But um, all I'm hearing, uh, Mike, is that uh, you're going to come out of retirement and uh, throw a few down for New South Wales to get them out of their hole. So that's all I'm hearing. <laughs> we love it. How much money they got. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty. Hey, mate, we have to leave it there, unfortunately. Uh, it's been great to catch up again. Let me tell you. You're a great man. We'll definitely catch up uh, very soon. Good on you, Jack. Love you, mate. You too, Wise. Talk to you soon. Out more radio. Over now. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> Fantastic. Mike Whitney there. Oh, what a star.